Okay, so um, Steve Hall, uh, thank you very much for coming back on the podcast once again. I think this is our fourth time, actually. Um, it's pretty cool to talk to you again. How are you doing? Good. Uh, much better, thank you. And uh, I-, I recently had like a bout of sickness, which took me out of the we- uh, the gym for a week, which for me just feels like forever. Um, probably the same for you, Abel. But thank you so much yeah. for having me on again. It's seriously an honor. And it's really cool to see your podcast growing and um, the quality improving as always. And as I'm seeking to do the same. So it's nice to see that happening with you as well. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the kind words. And uh, you're doing a great job yourself. Um, and yeah, back to your sickness uh, thing. Uh, I heard one of your latest um improvement season podcasts and pascal was giving you a i was listening to it and i was like poor steve like he is sick and kind of down and then pascal was like "Ooh, i hope it's not overtraining because a friend of mine had that and he was out of the gym for like a year and he was terribly sick i hope you don't have that <laughs> so it was not that then. no thankfully not yeah i wasn't i was like it can't be overtraining i literally had just gone through like a low volume phase and it was like I, I didn't think it could be that it's it's really annoying so many of these illnesses you get it's just like they just blow over and you're like i don't you never know what it was it just it beats you up at the time you're just like this feels like i don't know i've never felt it before i'm gonna die and then it just after a week it's like oh it's gone what was that yeah and especially when i mean sicknesses and injuries and aches and pains always suck but when you're so invested into doing stuff with your body which kind of makes all of these things a double whammy. It's not only is it kind of a sucky thing to have to deal with these things, but then you cannot do the things that you love the most. And it's everything, I don't know about you, but whenever I have a little ache in my shoulder, elbow, whatever, or just feel down and all of a sudden it just feels so final. It's like, oh my God, is this that day when everything is going to go south for me? And then, you know, nine out of 10 times, it just something that passes in a couple of days or maybe in a week or something. And then as if it never happened, but it can just seem so daunting in the moment, right? Yeah, it's uh, this is why I felt recently we had Cliff Wilson over uh, to the UK to do a seminar, which is really cool and had him on the podcast. And he was talking about how I can't remember how long he's been out now of the gym. I think he's just being able to like go in and do light workouts now, but he's been ill for, for months, I think. And I'm like, oh my, it must initially be destroying and then after a while you just kind of get used to it but even in that week because I've been trying to mass and put on weight and I was struggling anyway and I'm like okay so I'm going to be eating 4,000 calories but now I can't even stomach like 2,000 if like 1,500 was even like I was stuffing myself to try and get that much in whereas for most people who don't lift and don't care it's just like oh like oh i lost some weight during the time i was ill that's cool <laughs> whereas for us it's like crushing we're like no i'm either losing muscle or i'm not gaining the muscle or something it's not good <laughs> yeah whatever the situation you're in that's what you're invested into in the moment cuz yeah when i was i was cutting when i was listening to that podcast where you were talking about this and i was like man, this guy can only eat 2,000 calories on a mass. It's like, come on, what's the big deal? That's how much I'm eating every day anyway. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's like, I guess when you're in that massing momentum, then yeah, a day when you cannot eat your required food amounts and you cannot train as hard as you can, it feels like the process you've been investing into up until that point is coming to a halt. And that can just be equally as frustrating as when maybe you're falling off the wagon during a diet or something like that. And then it's the opposite problem. But yeah, each phase has its own struggles, I guess. So yeah, it's only really this mass where I've experienced probably similar extremes to dieting, in that some of the things I felt 
I've said to at least I've said it during this time and kind of you forget how bad dieting is after a while I think once you've gone away from there but there's times at which I've been like this is almost as bad as how I feel in the deep dark areas of contest prep when I'm like peak mass and I'm like feeling nauseous to put in another spoonful of like some cereal which sounds ridiculous probably to you who are like dieting right now but when you get I've never got to this kind of deep deaths of uh, massing before yeah I, I kind of experienced it when i was i was in my last bulk but in saying that i was also probably just a lot heavier and fatter than what was necessary or reasonable for me to push up to so it was kind of like well you're i wouldn't say i was struggling to eat enough i was just not interested in food in general but at the same time if i just listened to those urges and stopped eating as much food it probably would have been actually a good thing so um do you think that at this point, um, I mean, obviously you do, otherwise you wouldn't do it, but do you question it sometimes? It's like, well, does does it actually make sense to push up my body weight uh, this high or um, you're fairly uh, confident in your current game plan? Yes, it's an interesting one because you. it sounds so good, the argument, and I think it's it feels like a bit of a naturalistic fallacy to say, listen to your body like your body knows what it needs like that sort of thing or if you're crave, like you hear people saying you're craving this food that means your body's telling you it needs it or like you're hungry so you should eat and it's like well yeah but it, it's also fighting for homeostasis and where it likes to be and i wonder if i'm the heaviest i've been in my life and my leptin levels are just at a point at which they're so high that i'm just consistently like feeling satiety uh, i'm not sure but in terms of kind of my body composition I still think I'm in a position where I'm, I'm definitely at the upper end of where I'm comfortable letting my body fat sit but I still think like I can see clear kind of like my abs they basically show all year round but my upper body you can see some condition legs I mean they're they don't look super fat um, so I still think it's the right move in the context of planning to prepare for contest prep in 2020 uh, because yeah this will be the last run of massing before I basically start dieting and then maintaining and dieting and trying to get ridiculously shredded yeah uh not to go into a huge tangent because um we have a cool topic to get into here but uh, having gotten as lean as i did just recently which i'm gonna get into a bit more detail in a second but i had to make the realization for myself that um it just doesn't make as much sense for me to push up my body weight very high it's like the body weight lows that I had to hit during this cut I mean I was kind of shocked honestly that I had to go that low on the scale like I had these ideas of how much I would weigh when yeah. I dip below you know x percentage of body fat and those were accurate ish up to a point but when I started to get into that shredded ish territory you know depending on how <laughs> strict you are with those definitions it was just shocking seeing some of those numbers on the scale and in seeing those things I realized that, that, well, probably I was just greatly underestimating my body fat percentage earlier on when I was at those heavier body weights. And if I actually want to stay reasonably lean, probably <laughs> I have to settle for a lower number during my bulks. It just doesn't make as much sense for me to go up to 90 kilos, for example, in my case. Like, I am just a smaller guy, a smaller boned guy, and I just kind of have to come to grips with it. But I guess there is also value in experimenting with pushing things up pretty high just to see how much extra gains you can eke out of it. But I guess you will see now uh, when you're dieting the next time. So Yeah, that's exactly it. It's uh, 
I know what you mean in terms of like pushing body weight up. I never did in my previous off season. I only pushed up to 180 pounds, which I don't know what that is in kilos, but it's not all that much for someone at like 5'10". And that was like 20 pounds, just over 20 pounds. over. No, yeah, like 20 pounds, if that, over stage weight. Whereas now sitting at 200 pounds, like another 20 pounds on top of that, which is like 40 pounds above my like lowest low in a contest prep. Like that's 40 pounds of fat potentially that I now have to lose. And it's kind of like, well, will it have been worth it? Well, we will see. And I think it has been. Um, I kind of, you have to, you try and base it off how you're looking, how you're performing, uh, whether or not it's worth the push-up. But uh, it's, I guess it comes down to what everyone talks about in that you have that kind of range at which you perform and feel your best at. And uh, you don't want to get too far away from that and probably spend the majority of your time in your off-season in that period. Uh, and for me, I think I've always been on the kind of leaner, skinnier side, but I do have a big frame, not like broad, but I have big joints, like my wrists, my ankles, they're all quite big. So I think, I think it will have paid off to push up. Um, I don't think pushing much higher than this makes sense, but uh, at least in the bodybuilding scene that I'm in, there is definitely people who push like 50 pounds, 60 pounds above stage weight. I'm not convinced that that's a great thing to do once you're especially more advanced. Uh, I think that's more of a just, I don't know, maybe a lack of control slightly, but I wouldn't want to say too much. Yeah, that's, you know, the bulking debate. That's something that's still going to go on for a while. It's a bit understudied at this point, but more and more actual evidence is coming out of it, which will kind of guide us. But yeah, um, let's transition into our topic today, and that is sort of managing life and just functioning as a human being while getting shredded. And what prompted that um, topic in my head was that, as we talked about before the call, I've gotten leaner than I've ever been before. Like, I've gotten lean to the point where, you know, I had like a decent six-pack on a photo in decent lighting or even not so decent lighting. I've gotten <laughs> to the point where people around me started commenting that, wow, you're getting really slim now, you know, start eating a little bit. And in clothes, I was starting to appear pretty tiny, but with my shirt off, I looked pretty good. And occasionally, I even pushed slightly past that point where, okay, probably I'm lean enough for the kind of things that I would just want to do and just looking generally good. But let's go just a bit beyond that. But now I decided to, you know what, I'm here. Right. And let's diet two months post that. Like, let's see, let's see where I can get myself. And, you know, I've gotten some new insights into what you guys who are getting ready for the stage must feel like. I'm not saying I'm there, not by any means. Like, if you see my pictures, probably objectively, if I actually wanted to get on a bodybuilding stage, I'm like two, three months out potentially or something. Like, I definitely don't have glute striations and those kinds of things. But I got some insights into, okay, so the crazy hunger that I thought I felt before during my diet, those were more so just cravings. The fatigue that I felt, that was more so just mental burnout and being mentally tired of the diet. Uh, you know, a, a lot of these things, I just got a whole new reference point. So, um, yeah, I just want to ask you, like, if you think about what makes, like, a contest diet hard for yourself, like there are obviously um, many things that we can talk about. Like there is the hunger aspect, there is managing social life, uh, there is managing work life, managing your relationship with your girlfriend, many, many things. Like what are the first kind of thoughts that come to mind? Like what is it that makes a contest prep the hardest thing for you? Yeah, all of those things definitely escalate 
um, probably exponentially once you get past maybe your lower end like body fat settling point which I don't know maybe a lot of males it's like 10% when you start dipping below that and every single week that you're below that uh, it gets exponentially harder and if you keep dieting it makes it even worse and uh, even to get below that you probably you may have found this a bell you just have to push un like unreasonably hard it's like well to get to this point was like I just made a few adjustments and it kind of came down but to then get below a certain body fat percentage or body weight it's like the body just really is stubborn not wanting to get past it and I guess that's what we refer to as the digging phase in like a contest prep is like that those last few percentage of body fat and the the thing that springs to mind immediately in that phase is the low energy levels dragging my feet uh, it's the worst is I always say it like I can deal with hunger I can deal with food focus like these are things that are very much like controllable but when I just have no love for every day when I have no energy to like I can remember even visiting my nieces and uh, nephews and I just had no energy even to play with them I was just like sat on the sofa and they were like trying to get me to play and I was just like no nah, I can't do it and uh, it's things like that which become unbelievably frustrating and even day-to-day uh, -day things like I really feel for people who do like um, not self like I'm very fortunate in that I'm self-employed I work from home I can sit behind a computer and if I wanted to I could nap I could do whatever I needed to to get through the day and get my work done and I could consolidate my work as well if I needed to whereas for people who like work office jobs and they're demanding maybe they have to do overtime even if it's like physical labor like that I really feel for people like that because I can only imagine how hard it must be to stay like energetic and get through the day but also emotionally stable with colleagues and things like this because I can just remember like now I can get through client check-ins quite effectively and efficiently and my brain works and I tick over and I can just go through each check-in as they come whereas when I was like dieting and contest prep I can remember needing breaks between each check-in and just being like right okay I almost needed like a, a pre-workout ritual before every single like just check-in and it's just like this everything is taking so much more like energy and effort to do and the only way uh, I ever got through it was routine if without a routine without structure and doing basically the same thing every day I just would be nowhere so um, yeah the low energy levels for me were just the hardest thing to deal with uh, second to that probably is the social aspect linked into like the food aspect in that for at least for me and my girlfriend like a lot of our kind of the things we like to do and go out is to go out and eat and do these things and not have to be hampered by anything but when you're dieting and you're trying to diet for a show not only do you have to think okay can I actually realistically fit that meal to be something that is reasonable for my diet and is it going to leave me like ravenous for the rest of the day or is it okay but it's also okay I have to take like my meals with me because I'm probably like going to get hungry and I need some snacks to keep me kind of functioning and satiated otherwise I'm going to get hangry and it's just like micromanaging every element it's like this should just be a relaxing day with my girlfriend I'm not even training today but I have to think about everything we're doing to get me through this day like every day is a challenge and that becomes so tiring after a while and it's also something that is really fun because this is the mechanism I can't think what the word is but it's the nature of just bodybuilding that people love where it's just like do or die of like the grind but after a while it does become incredibly fatiguing and you just want and this is when you start craving the off season for that freedom and that flexibility and that ability to just chill out and relax yeah and it, it also I guess it puts into perspective like what I mentioned in the beginning that 
you know, you're doing some mini cuts during the year as well. And a hypocaloric state is always challenging in its own way. Like you have just less, less flexibility. And those are the times when you actually realize just how much of our culture is centered around food. It's just um, people, when they gather, whenever they want to do something, there's always something around. It's, it's going for a coffee is perhaps the only thing where people are just sitting there and not actually ingesting calories <laughs> or maybe going for a walk together or going for a hike, but that's quite rare. People either go out for drinks or for food. That's something that maybe you, you're not even realizing when you have plenty of food to play with or maybe you're not even tracking your food. But when you're doing a mini cut even, you kind of realize that, okay, it's all of a sudden I have less room for these things. But when you ha have to actually dig and you're experiencing these low energy level states and um, some of the other down downsides, which we're going to get into, that's when you're realizing that, okay, a diet is always a diet that's always tough, but there are just so many degrees of suck when it comes to dieting. Like for me, I, honest, I honestly had to realize that a lot of the feelings that I earlier felt during just getting to a beach lean kind of condition for the summer or something, that was just like me missing certain types of foods or me just being a bit burnt out by having to control things and just being tired of it and kind of just waiting for the whole thing to be over. But I was not actually fighting against my own body. And it, that's something that you're getting a whole new reference point for when you're going through like an actually tough diet down to the points where your body just, just really doesn't want to be at. So was this something that also kind of um, gave you a reality check when you did, did it the first time? Yeah, the first time I ever dieted um, for my first shows in 2014, I was completely ignorant to the process. I think I'd only ever dieted like once before, and that was through, I, I had no idea what I was doing at that time. I was doing like, a, I think it was like a, it was a keto diet, a warrior diet or something along those lines. I'd like binge on carbs on the weekend and <laughs> yeah. just like go keto through the week and was doing like all the cardio, all the like hits. I was just doing everything I could to try and burn this fat off and I lost it. And I can't remember really finding it that tough at the time, but I never really dug down into any kind of crazy conditioning or anything. So I'd never really dieted really with much thought and I'd never dieted below like a, a really lean amount I think I always have been on the leaner side and so it's always been a bit more comfortable for me and I feel quite comfortable in a lean position. Uh, so that was helpful, but I was just so ignorant to everything. I just allowed my energy levels to dip. I remember I was a one-on-one -on -one PT um, at the time and I just, I wanted people to cancel. I wanted people not to turn up. I would sit in the office and try and just conserve as much energy as possible because I was ignorant to the fact that that would be blunting my ability to burn calories and therefore lose fat and then my cardio had to go up really high because I was just compensating with all this kind of low energy stuff uh, and my food focus I had no idea even what food focus was I was just buying all the Warden farms all of these different things I was constantly looking at food and unfortunately this was just at the time I was getting with my girlfriend now of like she's been with me since then so uh, over five years now and she almost broke off with me during that year because I was just so selfish uh, and so ignorant to everything going on around me. Uh, she particularly brings up a point of time when she was moving flat and she made it apparently very obvious that she needed help to move flat. And I just didn't offer. I completely ignored her. And I sent like a message, I sent her a photo of me with my feet up watching a movie with like some <laughs> low calorie popcorn and a, a Pepsi Max. And she, this comes up on her time hop and she shows me every time like, 
look how much of a dick you were. And I'm just like, God damn it. You're never going to let this go. Um, so after that experience in which I'd say I didn't really enjoy the whole experience. I didn't enjoy the prep. I just was ticking boxes of just doing what I was told. I had a coach at the time um, who th thankfully was actually a reasonably good coach at that time. And since then, we've got so much better in terms of what we know and kind of refeeds, diet breaks and everything. So my mission for this next time I competed was I almost didn't want it to impact my relationship at all. Uh, I just wanted to be able to get to it and do it very sustainably. And I think that almost handicapped my off season a bit because I was like, I can't get at all fat because I don't want to have to lose too much fat. So I ended up kind of getting holding a very lean physique for a long time and then really kind of taking uh, contest prep. It, it wasn't that tough because I didn't have that much fat to lose in the end. Um, I kind of lost, I think, like 10 pounds and then I maintained. And then I was like, I only need to lose five pounds and I'm like shredded and ready for stage. And so that time in 2017, it was Charlotte said it was so much better. It was like a million times better. And that's when I had an understanding of step counts. I had an understanding of kind of utilizing diet breaks and maintenance periods. And I really had a handle of things. So it definitely experience helps a shit ton, but it never doesn't get hard there's always that zone where everything just shit hits the fan and you just become a bit of a selfish emotional wreck and you almost it's really annoying and I talked about this to Eric and I asked him kind of like do you always get a period of time in prep where you're just ignorant to what's going on you don't realize how much of an asshole you're being you don't realize that like you're just being incredibly selfish and he was like I think it's just it comes with the territory and he said you just need people around you who can kind of call you out and check you so uh, I'm gonna have to I rely on Charlotte for that to check me on it because these things do happen and as much as you don't want it to I think it's just when the body is at that point it's just like what the hell are you doing we're trying to survive it doesn't care about anything else going on it doesn't care about like your relationships it's just like we need to stop you doing what you're doing and so it will fight you kind of tooth and nail uh, so yeah it's I've definitely experienced it kind of the harsh way and I think anyone who's doing a contest prep they really need to not be ignorant to it and they really need to understand what it truly will demand from them and also just tell them like tell their loved ones surrounding them what they can expect from them uh, but not to do that and like okay now anything I do it's fine because I told you this was going to happen it's kind of a case of like if you're becoming too much of an asshole or like tell me and I will try and do my best to not be like that uh, because yeah the the smallest things annoy you, you probably say this about like with the when you're eating say with your girlfriend or anyone around you and you're just like if they look at you whilst you're eating you're like why don't look at me like oh, yeah. let me just eat my food or if they're kind of eating and you can hear them crunching food or I don't know whatever it could be like it just winds you up so badly and I've only noticed that really because in my off season now I don't even care like someone could eat as loud as they want next to me they could do whatever they like with their food I don't give a shit they could look at me I don't care whereas when you're in that I don't know if it's like a kind of instinct of like I don't know if they're looking at my food they might want to eat it or I don't know what it could be but you become unbelievably irritable uh, and you know you do and it's almost and when you get told that you are you're almost like oh damn it like this is it's irritating because I know you're right but I'm irritated so I want someone to, I want it to be validated it's such an interesting thing to go through yeah the, the thing for me that that does piss me off 
is, you know, when you're dieting and basically at a certain point you're living from meal to meal. Mm. Like even if you're not that crazy shredded, basically those are the benchmarks in your day. Like you wake up and to one degree or another, you're already thinking, okay, so I just woke up, so I will have my first meal pretty soon. And okay, like three, four hours after that, I will have my second meal. And of course, you do your best to be distracted in the meanwhile, not obsess over food too much. But still, when that last hour comes, when your your next meal is approaching, you're kind of starting to have it in the back of your mind. And then when you finally get to your meal and you just want to sit down and enjoy it and experience that freaking awesome act of just finally being able to quench that hunger and then someone comes and distracts you and tries to talk to you or something like that that to me is the most irritating <laughs> thing i don't know how you're experiencing that no absolutely it's it's unreal really the relationship that you end up the unhealthy relationship you end up developing with food because i'm it will be the same for me like preparing food if i'm preparing food i'm like i'm happy if i can be cooking oats for like I think I probably have cooked oats for like an hour, adding water, just continuously trying to get more and more volume. And during that hour, it's like, oh, this is so satisfying. I know food's going to come and I almost don't want to eat it because once it's gone, it's gone. And that's a scary kind of position to be in because you are constantly like in a, you're always trying to kind of have a something more to look forward to. And it generally is just food obsession. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's not fun when, I don't know, if you're in the middle of a meal and your mum calls and you're like, oh, I should really be grateful that my mum's like calling to see how I am. But you're just like, right, can't I just like, I, I, I wonder if I would hang up, <laughs> not hang up, just not answer and be like, right, I'm going to finish my food and then I'll call. Uh, that doesn't sound too bad, but it, it right now it seems bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really crazy. And um, since we're on the topic, I want to talk a bit about just the relationships and, and how you maintain them or just the the whole process of maintaining relationships to one degree or, or another because the deeper you get into a diet basically and the more delicately you need to manage things to just feel like a human like basically the leaner you are and the fewer calories you have to work with the more small things are starting to impact you like sleep a shitty night of sleep always feels bad and at a certain point for me in a diet uh, basically every night is going to be pretty shitty and night of sleep beyond a certain point. Like I'm not going to sleep like a baby, that's for sure. But, you know, if at least I can count on the fact that I can be in bed by 11 and then I will wake up at 7 and maybe I will be awake during the night for two hours and I will only get like six hours of sleep, still at least that predictability matters a lot. And basically the deeper this process gets the more I'm starting to perceive people around me trying to be around me and trying to get me out of my rhythm as as a threat basically to avoid. Like at a certain point, I noticed that um, each evening or each afternoon, I would sometimes look at my Facebook or Viber or whatever with a certain level of anxiety almost. Like, oh my God, is someone going to suggest going out for drinks or something like that tonight? And then I will have to turn this person down again because maybe I did it already like two times that week or something. And... It was crazy. Like, I actually started to be, like, paranoid. Like, oh, my God, I don't want to get into a too good of a chat with this person because he, he might invite me out for tomorrow night or something like that. And the same thing with my girlfriend. Of course, we is different because we are not actually living together. I guess it makes it a bit easier in that regard that you guys are actually living together so you can, so you can spend some quality time together. But many times, me and my girlfriend would meet after, like, 9 p.m. or something. And after a cer certain point, I just noticed that I was getting anxiety almost that, wow, like we are going to meet at 9 p.m. 
God knows how long that's going to last. Will I be in bed before 2 a.m. or something like that? I cannot afford to be like a zombie tomorrow on these low numbers. So, yeah, how do you find that part of, of dieting for yourself? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because everything you say there definitely rings true. Uh, and in my, for my first contest prep, I, me and Charlotte weren't living together. So I was traveling into London to come see her. And I can remember there becoming a point at which I decided that was no longer something I could do. It was just too challenging for me to get to the station. And this sounds ridiculous saying it now, get to the station, sit on the train, walk through crowds of people, uh, which I hated at the time. I can vividly remember it being like, oh my God, this is so much effort. I just do not want to do this. And I can remember going in and one time I had to sit in like a coffee shop for like an hour waiting for her because she was, I don't know, she had to do some overtime at work or something. And I can just remember like boiling up. I was just like, this is like so unreasonable so like my time is so important like I could have used that hour I don't know what I could have done that's like an hour we can't spend because I need to get to sleep by this time and I have to get up and go to the gym or whatever it might be and uh, yeah I just ended up calling off going into London I was like if I think it just became a thing like if Charlotte wanted to come see me she had to come in and she didn't really want to see me because I wasn't much fun to be around um so again like this is why in 2017 we were living together by this point, so it did make that much easier. But even in my off season, I think I feel this in terms of I don't want to be doing like I have. I've said it to Charlotte now. Uh, I have like a hard cut off in terms of how late I'm willing to be out in that. If it's like maybe at midnight, that might be my hard cut off. And I'm like, Charlotte, you can stay out if you want, but I, I need to go back because I want I don't want, want to be feeling a certain way by a certain time. And Maybe that's because I prioritize my bodybuilding quite highly. And so in my off season, I'm willing to do that sort of thing. But in contest prep, yeah, to even, it would feel like I was really doing someone a favor if I was to like go to a wedding or go to like a pub quiz or something like that. And I'd be doing what you said and thinking more about when am I going to get home? Am I going to be able to like eat my, like I haven't got time to prepare my oats for them to cool and like put in the fridge and be high in volume and how I like them. I didn't have time to prepare that beforehand and I'd be thinking about all these things and stressing out rather than focusing on the people I was with and enjoying the time and that isn't fun but it's I still think that's better than what some people end up doing and they they call it sacrificing in terms of our like I have to sacrifice like it's my social life it's like well actually that's way easier to say no to these events and like to be that person of just like turning them all down that's so much easier than actually going and being there and even if you go for a meal out and you just drink i don't know a, a diet soda and whatever it might be that's better than like not being a social person because you regret it bodybuilding is such a small portion of someone's life or just getting lean is just a small portion of someone's life and it's not worth like cutting ties with these relationships but it is important also to tell them kind of what you're doing why you're doing it not necessarily they care but and you don't want to focus on it too much but just so they have some awareness of why you might be being a diff bit different. And for me, I have quite a close or a small kind of circle of friends. And so they'd always kind of, they, they know to be like, okay, Steve, where do you want to eat out? What do you want to do? And they're very happy to do that. But I can imagine if you have a larger circle of friends and people who don't really understand what you're doing, that can be really difficult. And then you have to just, you realize this is selfish. This is something you want to do. Don't let it impact other people. Uh, and do your best to just be part of that. And even if you do have things like, I don't know, you could have a hard cut off of a certain time, but so long as the people you're with and they understand and they're glad that you at least were there and you can kind of make that trade off of, okay, like I'm going, I'm going to be there, but I'm going to do it under my terms. 
And I think that's good. I think you can make that manageable, uh, but it does take experience and practice because I think initially uh, it is so difficult to manage that sort of thing. Hey guys, just a second. Are you enjoying this podcast? If so, I'd really appreciate you dropping a five-star rating on the Sustainable Self-Development Podcast on iTunes. That will help me to grow this podcast, rank higher on the platform, and get more high-quality guests over time, which is a win-win for everybody. So if you could do this little bit of favor for me, I'll owe you one. Thanks a lot, guys, and let's continue. Yeah, um, it's funny because there's almost like the sweet spot where you're just busy enough and you have to manage just enough things so that you're actually distracted from the whole process a little bit and then not being too overwhelmed or at least not being overwhelmed to the point where it's just way out of balance relative to how introverted or extroverted you are like i watched how eric helms was managing his contest prep which i'm sure you did as well and i was just amazed and the deeper i got into my diet the more amazed i was by just how many things he got involved with while he was doing all of those things, mm -hmm. like conferences, traveling, um, being at a new in a new country, in Italy especially, not having proper foods around in many cases. And I, I guess for him, because he's a more extroverted person, it may have been a little bit easier to do all of that than it would have been for me, for example, because I'm much more introverted. But still, I think there is some value in being occupied with things and having to take your mind off of off of dieting because i know that for many of the times during my diet i was sometimes thinking that man this would be just so much easier if i could just go to a retreat or something like that just completely withdraw from society and i could just do my thing and i wouldn't have to manage all these things but probably there's something to be said for that even not being optimal um, because then you have all the time to think about the fact that you're starving yourself right yeah i think you're completely right there it, it seems appealing to lock yourself up and just sit in a room and be away from everyone but in reality I think you kind of eat yourself up and I think yeah Eric did a fantastic job I, I can't believe how he could be so full of energy and life whilst like presenting and having to be like switched on especially that could be incredibly challenging when you're at that kind of level of leanness and I think again his experience and probably his personality as well helps with that but I'm I'm the same with you I'm I'm definitely an introvert but when I can be distracted, whether it be from doing cardio or doing like just taking time up out of my day, I can remember vividly, especially just general diets, weekends are always the easiest because I'm just normally out and about busy. I have like some a protein shake at breakfast. I'll be out the rest of the day. I'll have grab a coffee and it's like, well, five hours have passed and I've barely eaten anything. This is amazing. And I don't even feel hungry because the mind is so kind of powerful at making you hungry. And uh, if you can distract yourself, it's unbelievable how much it can help. I can even remember fortunately me my last contest prep my cardio didn't really get very high but the one before that my cardio got i think i was doing at the peak like over 2000 calories a week of just low intensity steady state and the only way i can remember like getting through those periods was i had a friend who would just come and talk to me whilst i was doing it and i was like this is amazing like i've just burnt 500 calories and i've just had a chat with you and like my mind's taken off the cardio and doing that so many like distracting yourself is so helpful actually because when you think too hard about the pain the hunger the discomfort you kind of that you underpower yourself because the body is stronger than the mind in many ways i can even remember this in like depletion weeks for peak weeks and i'd be hitting like 
PRs and really good numbers. I was like, I feel like death. How am I even functioning? And it's because the body can still function. You just got to keep a strong mind. And so if you can, yeah, use tactics like distracting yourself, going for walks, calling people, um, take yourself away from food, it can really help. Uh, I think in many ways, I'm very fortunate in that I work from home and I'm in control of my time. But because I have no colleagues, like in my close environment, and I can effectively work from my kitchen, it then makes the actual process in some ways harder because I I could easily over like just cook something and eat something and whatever it could be. Whereas, yeah, when you have actually the distractions of, I don't know, you could be in a meeting and you're there for like two hours and then you're back to back meetings, another two hours. It's like, oh, all that time I've been concentrating on my work and not concentrating on the fact I'm really hungry. So there's definitely a balance to be struck with these things. Yeah. Um, so I want to touch on a, a sensitive topic, um, which might be, I don't know how comfortable you are discussing this. Um, I'm hoping that you might be, because I don't think there is any secret about this. Everybody's going through this. And this is something that will strike, I would say, almost every single person who is going through a truly tough diet that is actually taking their body to a somewhat extreme level. And that is the D. <laughs> so um, libido goes when you're really pushing hard. Um, libido goes. And if you have a girlfriend like you and I do, and especially a serious relationship, something that you're committed to like you and I have, that is going to impact the relationship. You know, it's it's not like you're going to a club and you're, you know, hitting a home run and you have some <laughs> performance anxiety or you can't perform or something like that. This is not about not performing. This is about something that is actually jeopardizing uh, a form of deep bonding with a person that you care about and you love. Um, how have you dealt with this uh, during your prep? Because, or, or maybe you're just a beast and you're rock and rolling, uh, no matter how shredded you are. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that guy. Um, and it's been incredibly challenging at, at certain times. Um, granted, my girlfriend has been amazing about this, like just so accepting. And at a certain point, she put zero pressure on me. And uh, there was no aggravation because of this but initially it was really hard when I just had zero interest in any kind of sexual things you know morning woods and all of those things have been long gone by that point and just seeing that confusion in her eyes you know sometimes like like why is this guy why is my my boyfriend not interested in me interested in me you know am I not attractive or whatever it's been very very emotionally uh, taxing and um, it's, it's that's been a rough journey and again she has been amazing about that um, as the process have gone on but uh, how did you feel uh, this uh, impacted you and how did you manage this yeah the this is funny because it I've got a vivid memory of um, Lar McDonald commenting on a picture. I think it was of Alberto Nunez and one of his like, it's a ridiculous shredded one where he's doing a, a most muscular into the camera and you can see his girlfriend sitting on the bed in the background and Lal made one of these comments like how he's not interested at all in her yeah. and he's just interested in getting shredded and it's completely true. It's one of the things, it's just a biological fact that the body is going to shut down things that it doesn't deem as like it thinks you're fighting for survival. It doesn't think you can actually um, like create a baby. It doesn't think that that's something that's even possible for you. So um, procreation is out of the window. And the, the really bad thing is, I mean, sex is a different topic, not a different topic, but that's one thing. But it's even the like affection, hugs, kisses, even like being like giving massages, small things like that. You just lose, you're like, 
that's effort now. That's not even something I even want to do. I just want to lie here and just like chill. Whereas they miss that and that's something they're used to having. So uh, it was, again, when I refer to like 2014, we were first getting together. And so we were very like, it was the honeymoon period at the start and I was just starting my prep and I was getting leaner and she kind of liked that. And then she hated it because yeah. then my my focus completely switched from her and I had no interest in, I was, I, I don't even remember this, but I was completely ignorant to all. I don't even remember like suddenly there becoming a point where we weren't doing that and I wasn't interested and it obviously was a thing for her and it, it hit her quite hard because it then took a while for that to recover afterwards because she was kind of left in the cold and she was like, well, now you're interested, like what's changed? I don't think she quite understood and I, I didn't even at the time understand that. It was just, okay, I'm interested. Now I'm not. And now post-show, I've got food coming in. I'm interested again. Can we go again? Yeah. And it's just like, it, it's such a strange, and it's just humans. Like, I, we, that's just what happens. Um, but it's psychology and it's more sensitive than that. So I think generally for me, as someone who has suffered from like low testosterone in the past and never had the most like strong uh, drive for this sort of thing apart from when I was like a teenager it's something I've struggled with consistently and I think it's just being aware of it and being aware that it's not okay when it's like that it's an indication that health is not in a, the best place and I'd say even in my previous off season I don't think I had the strong my libido wasn't that great and I was worried at times that I like had I don't know I can't think erectile dysfunction and things like this like I actually was very concerned and um, I didn't really do much about it though which was stupid I just kind of accepted it for what it is and I think a lot of people let these things happen and whatever it might be in your life you're just like oh that's that's not right but it's not really impacting things so I'll just let it happen and fortunately there's a lot to mine and Charlotte's relationship that isn't kind of centered around that so we still function and we still functioned but this off season has been very different for me in that I think allowing my body weight to go much higher has led to like new feelings of like, oh, actually, I'm like a normal man now. Like I feel like virile, I feel my normal self. And then that's almost been, then been a challenge for our relationship in that should, we're not, are we ready for that? Is that something that like we've now kind of gone to a routine of a certain thing and now we're shifting to a new routine. So it's definitely a challenge and it's definitely something you have to consider um, when you are dieting and I think just having very honest chats with one another uh, that this is the sort of thing that's going to happen and then being again like unselfish about doing certain things and making sure that I don't know maybe it's every Friday or every second Friday you buy your girlfriend flowers or you just do something that whilst it's you're kind of manufacturing it and you're putting it into a routine and it's not maybe coming from a place of kind of love at that time it was coming up from a place of love at a particular time and you're still making sure to manage that relationship because um, it does turn into that unfortunately at a time where you just are not interested in anything like that uh, so you almost have to pre-manufacture it ahead of time um, and yeah have just full disclosure and honesty with your loved ones and it's the worst thing I've seen people end relationships with partners during like contest prep and dieting because they're like do or die and they go all in and they they really don't consider these other aspects but if you do do it in a smart educated way you do communicate with your partner it can be something that it's not ideal for the relationship but it certainly doesn't have to be something that kind of continuously hampers the relationship 
Yeah, uh, and thank you for being honest about that because um, I imagine it can be an uncomfortable topic to discuss. But but thank you very much for uh, being so transparent. And the thing is, uh, the people who end their relationships, it's it's a tragic thing that it comes to that. But a part of me understands where those people are coming from because the thing is when you have no sex drive, for example, you know objectively, like rationally trying to look at yourself from the outside that you're not doing something that on paper you're supposed to do. But like you don't, because you don't have the desire, you're not actually missing it, so, so to speak, right? Because you're interested in food and chilling and training and just managing your day so that you manage fatigue and you don't go insane from hunger and from the low energy. But you don't have that craving and, and that desire of, oh my God, I, I would want to go wild, but just my wiener doesn't work, right? <laughs> That's not how it's no. working. Like no part of your brain and your physiology actually is desiring doing that so when you're in that state and then you have a person who is maybe nagging you or putting some pressure on you that's an unfortunate case if that happens because probably that means that you didn't communicate this thing sufficiently well but if you're in that situation then all of a sudden you just feel like man i'm working towards something that is meaningful to me i'm liking the way i look i'm working towards this and i'm in the finish line and then there is this person who is just making this harder for me and is push putting pressure on me. So I can understand that mindset where someone might go, you know what, let's just cut this shit off. Like, I, I don't need this person making this even harder for me. Like, this is hard as it mm -hmm. is. If she cannot respect what I'm doing, then, you know, maybe we are just not meant for each other. But it's just such a sad thing if that happens because it could be avoided. And there are also, just like you said, so many other ways of communicating your affection and your your caring for that person other than just you know the the sexual connection yeah unfortunately there's a point of prep where you put the blinkers on and you almost do do the okay i'm not going to do social things because it's easier not to do that like i'm going to cut ties with this relationship because it's easier not to do that and the people that do this i don't think survive in bodybuilding because they regret those decisions in hindsight and then they're like oh my gosh like bodybuilding wrecked my life and it's like well uh, or not even bodybuilding it could be just dieting to get really lean and that's even sadder because you don't even have like an actual goal i guess but it's those people i think who don't have longevity in it because they think they blame bodybuilding or they blame the diet and it's like well actually you you need to take responsibility and own your actions and own these discussions and you can explain to a loved one that it, it's a short-term thing i'm going to do my best to manage it i just need your support during this period of time because this is a really important part of my goals in life and me as a person and if you're not okay with that then maybe that's a discussion where but it's a case of this is short term it's going to improve i need your support right now but if you don't have even the awareness to do that discussion and to think that that's something you should do then i can see how it ends relationships and then i can see how it ends people's will kind of want to do the sport because they think it's the thing that ruined them yeah and the thing is that with managing relationships and the integrity integrity of your relationships sometimes small actions and just in moments when you would have the impulse to do certain things just finding those impulses and just having a bit more just presence of mind to be a little bit more unselfish can go such a long way like you know in those split seconds where someone is staring in your face while you're eating something or is distracting you from your meal or Maybe you would have to wait for another hour to get home to finally eat or something like that because someone is holding you up and you would have the impulse of just being rude and just, uh, you know, just go after what you actually want to do in that moment. 
just taking a deep breath and taking the time to make a bit more of a measured approach, saying the right things, being a bit more patient, those things can go such a long way because you can look back at those moments and think that, well, it really would have felt good in that moment to say, you know what, I'm just going to go see you later. And I'm so glad looking back that I was a little bit more thoughtful. And uh, these are the little things that you find over time. And I guess that's where experience comes in, where you um, learn to manage those things. So another thing uh, that I want to ask you about, uh, which is a bit more of a strategic thing, and it might be something that some people might not be able to do anything about, uh, how is your sleep uh, affected during prep? Because it's very easy to say, you know, make sure that you get eight hours of sleep. You know, sleep is non-negotiable, but, you know, man, at a certain time in during a hard diet, I will pop up after five hours and I will be completely restless and I will pop up melatonin and try to meditate or something like that, try to go back to sleep. But sometimes it just doesn't work. Um, that wouldn't happen if I'm not dieting hard. So sometimes these things are easy, easier said than done. So how do you find that uh, impacts you? Yeah, this is something I'm this time around really not looking forward to because this is something in the first contest prep, I was ignorant to the, well, the whole thing, but particularly like non-exercise activity thermogenesis and making sure not to be a lazy kind of son of a bitch, basically. Huh. And uh, this time around, I was ignorant to really the importance of sleep. Like I really didn't understand the role it played. Whereas now I'm very aware of it and I do a lot of things to try and like even the kind of unnegotiable, I'm going to leave at this time at a social event, things like this I'll, I'll do now. So I'm nervous because in my last prep, like getting up, mm. I think the peak P's per night was like six times. And that wasn't unusual. This was, I would just have to, get, I, I'd wake up, I'd feel the urge to pee. So I pee and maybe I can improve that by not drinking as much late at night. But I still think that's just inherent in that I'm just, you're going to become more restless. Deep sleep is going to be harder to get. And it's only this off season, even when I've let my, again, I let my body weight go up more that I've had nights where I've slept through the entire night. And I'm like, how is this even possible? This is unheard of for me. This is insane. I don't feel like I've done this for years of my life where I've slept through the entire night. So I'm kind of worried a little bit to let go of that because yeah, sleep unfortunately does like just shit hits the fan. And once you get to a certain level of leanness and dieting for a certain level of time, the body is just like, you need to be awake and up hunting, or this is just, you're in a stress state. So you're just not able to relax like you normally would because everything else is still working the same way. You're still obviously expending probably lots of energy. So you're still getting a, a large amount of sleep pressure. You're still feeling really tired, um, managing and doing all the good practices, like not having caffeine too late. Yeah. I think that can quite often kill people in a diet because they're like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to have a black coffee and it's like 7 p.m. You know, going to bed in a few hours. It's like, that's not going to help. So I think making sure to have awareness of all of that is key. And I'm hoping that's going to help a lot. But I even have poor night's sleep just in my off season now where it's just like, I don't know really why. I just do not feel rested. I feel crummy. And I'm like, well, I did everything I could have done. I'm also in a surplus. I'm in a well-fed state. I'm in a healthy position. Imagine how bad that night of sleep could have been during a contest prep. And I think it's unfortunately just one of those things that happens. And that's really unfortunate because we like there's even studies showing that like poorer sleep leads to poorer nutritional partitioning you can end up being at risk of losing muscle more so um, than losing fat and i think it's just a case of being aware that sleep's super important doing your best job with it but don't overthink it too much because uh, i remember talking to greg potter and you've had him on your podcast as well and he's brilliant and he said kind of like 
sleep anxiety is a big killer of sleep as well. So don't yeah. like get super anxious about the fact you can't sleep. Um, just do your best job. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, in those final stages of getting super lean, sleep really does start hitting like the shit hits the fan. Um, but just like training performance should be maintainable through most normal diets, sleep should be good through most normal diets. I think it's only in those kind of really gritty periods where, again, gym performance might go down, sleep might go down. You may have to sacrifice some muscle tissue to get to the level of leanness that you want to achieve. And that's kind of just a cost benefit trade off of whether or not you think you can sacrifice that muscle if you've got sufficient enough to warrant the extra leanness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's one motivation actually that I have um, going forward now, you know, going into a, a lean gaining phase that I'm going to be really freaking smart with this gaining phase because I am not interested in going back to dieting anytime soon. <laughs> like, um, and these are little <laughs> things that you learn to appreciate uh, during an actual diet, which can carry over to maintenance and gaining phases. But uh, I will want to close with that. But one thing I want to get into, um, I, I have to say a big thank you to you, actually, um, because just recently, and I talked about this with my recent, um, on my recent interview with Eric Trex Trexler, that I was playing around with some calorie cycling things, uh, just wanted to try how it is to have like really low calorie days and then some high days, kind of Eric Helms style. And looking back, it was just probably not necessary and kind of a stupid idea, but I had... Um, three days at 13 or 1400 calories and then four days at like 28 or something like that instead of having all days at 21 2200 calories and by the end of those very low calorie days i honestly the the level of lethargy just zombiness and lack of energy and just like all around the terrible everything that i went through was unparalleled by any other dieting experience that I've had up until now. And what actually got me through those was that I tuned into a, a podcast episode that I remember that you, you guys did like one or two years back when you were doing your depletion phase for your diet. And <laughs> yeah. honestly, when you're describing in that podcast, I'm going to be linking it in the show notes below how that was for you. It was like, man, this guy is describing what I'm going through <laughs> at this moment. And I, I had to Shit, like... I feel for you. <laughs> and, and man, I that five-minute segment in which you're describing that depletion week, I listened back that whole thing like five times for like two days each each day. Like, um, And I had to have this self-talk of like, okay, when Steve did that, he was like at 5% body fat, whereas maybe I'm at 8 And he has been dieting for several months at that point. I have been dieting for maybe one or two. And he is doing it on like zero carbs and whatever. And so if he made it through, I can make it through as well. Oh, and it's awesome. been just, it, it actually, I don't think, or maybe I would have made it through. Probably I would have because I was pretty committed by that point. But it, it helped me a ton. So in retrospect, yeah, I want to say thank you um, to you for that. But would you mind um, going into how that depletion week was and just how you felt um, for people? Yeah, it's as you were describing what you were doing, I was like, this sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> so it's in hindsight, it's a bit difficult because I think I probably could truly reflect on my feelings properly at the time. Because I think in, in hindsight, everything always looks a little bit less bad. Um, you kind of look at it with rose tinted spectacles slightly. Whereas at the time, I can still remember how bad it really felt. And I think I even, I think I did a bit of a vlog um, during that depletion as well, where I uh, talked to the camera and had Charlotte there and um, was talking through it. And I just, 
yeah, I, I truly said my thoughts and it was just like, no one, if they didn't do the job I did, there's just, people wouldn't be able to commit to this. It, it just was hell. It just was awful. I felt like death the entire time. I felt like something was physically wrong with me. It wasn't just a case of low energy levels and hunger. It's like, I just, my body feels like it's breaking down. There's something just like is, just feels so wrong about this process. And I hated every day. I'd wake up and be like, like, fuck, I don't even want to go through this. This is just horrible. And there's points at which in prep, you kind of feel that way. Like, oh, this shit again. But this is like on another level. And it was just like, if I wasn't in a routine of, okay, let's get through client updates. And I can remember doing client updates and getting lightheaded. And I'm like, oh, I'm just talking to the camera here. I'm, there's nothing going on apart from that. How am I getting lightheaded from doing such a little amount? And it was just so crazy to me because up until that point, I'd felt reasonably okay. And it was just going through depleting all my carbohydrates within a week was just like, and my calories coming so low was just horrendous. And the unfortunate thing with that was combined an overreaching week of training and like plenty of cardio. So it wasn't even like there was any kind of ease at all. So I know um, I had my friend Damien who lived locally and he would come and basically PT me through my sessions and give me motivation because I was at that point where I just, I wouldn't even want to do them. I needed someone to be there and be accountable to, to get me through the workouts. And in the end, I remember, and I think I said this on the podcast, I, uh, and if I didn't, this will be interesting. I messaged Mike and I was like, Mike, I, I, don't, I didn't quite say, I feel like I'm dying or something. Just I think I just messaged him saying something feels very wrong. And he just sent me a message being like, Steve, you're a natural. It's very unlikely if you're eating calories and like, you, you're not going to do yourself any harm from doing this. And I was like, okay. Now he said that it really calmed me. And again, gave me the kind of idea of how powerful the mind is. Because as soon as he told me, I was like, okay, I was kind of like, oh, I feel a lot better now. I just kind of got into my own head somewhat during that period of time. But um, like I said, I would do my client updates. I'd go to the gym. I'd come back. I'd sleep for like three hours and then I'd go to the gym again, do my cardio, and then come home and eat dinner and then go to bed. And it was just like, I'm not living. I am just like getting through this week. And the amount of stress I can imagine that that just accumulated, because as we know, like stress is stress is stress is the kind of uh, the phrase goes. I, I can't imagine that would have brought about a good look for my physique. And it's incredible how the next day, and actually this is this is probably too much information for people, but the first time I depleted and then carb loaded the next day, that night I had a wet dream. Just fucking weird. <laughs> actually, uh, actually a wet dream? <laughs> I'd never had wet dreams in my life. And then that night I had one and I told Broderick, he was like, it's probably just because you came from such an extreme low to such an extreme high, the body was just like, I don't know, elated in some way. And I had one and it was like, what the fuck? This well, after the carb load, you had it. Yeah, after the carb load. Oh, so okay. after the week of depletion, the first day of like 800 grams of carbs or something. Yeah, that night I then had it. And I was like, what this, I didn't, I didn't really know what it was because it was just so strange. But yeah, I definitely did. Um, so it's the body's weird. <laughs> how, how was the night before the carb load? Like um, when you were like, oh, next day I can eat carbs finally. <laughs> it, like, yeah, how was that? Yeah, that was um, like Christmas. That was literally like a child at Christmas being like or, or like i don't know you're going to disney or something the next day i couldn't sleep I, there's no way i think i woke up at like 4 a.m and i ended up just like sitting making all oh, my yeah. food and being like right i can eat this in a couple of hours <laughs> it was yeah just food the food focus that night it was just unbearable it was literally like yeah santa's coming the next day don't don't miss it stay like stay awake i got no sleep 
yeah it, it's it's uh it's pretty crazy to me that at the tail end of a diet i actually start i start to look at myself like a diseased person basically like i i know <laughs> that i'm in a state in terms of food focus and um mindset and just my impulses it's almost like a, a person who had a very severe injury and is now easing back in the gym it's like you look at the squat rack and you might be tempted to go there and try some of your old prs but at the same time you you know that you just can't like you have to play it smart like you may re-injure yourself and it's almost like the same thing at the end of a diet like you just finished your diet like you're you're not sane like, like you know, this experience that you just described, I mean, you couldn't imagine doing that now, yeah. right, at the peak of an off-season. So it is, uh, it is crazy that you almost have to, like, treat yourself like a, like a patient or something at, at the end of it. It's, it is um, just crazy. Um, the, the last thing I want to ask you about is, did you develop um, any kind of habits yeah. during your tough diets which um, you carried over to your off-season and found it to be very helpful? Uh, to give you an example, I got into the habit of immediately, immediately upon waking, I'm going for a like a 50 minute walk. Like before everything, before even brushing my teeth, I just uh, put on a beanie hat and a hoodie and and some pants as well. You know, <laughs> not not naked from the bottom down. And um, I'm just going for a 50 minute walk. And it's great. It um, g- gives me some movement, reinforces circadian rhythms. And it just gives a really positive start for my day. And I think this is something that I'm going to hold on to, um, like going forward in general. And I think it's a really cool habit that I developed during dieting. So do you have anything like that that you developed and maintained? Yeah, that was that's something I used to do. Um, I used to go up exactly the same as you, go for a half an hour walk every morning. And I did carry that over for a while. And then I found that you're completely right it reinforces circadian rhythms it's a great thing if you've got sunlight to get that on your skin first thing and everything and I just found it almost disrupted my day a little bit in that I just really wanted to get straight into work first thing so now I have a uh, seasonal affective disorder like lamp that I shine on myself instead and uh, a lot of the habits I'd got into I have slowly had to just transition out of all of them (laughs) because they all were hampering me in my peak of off season so like just I don't know it'd be small things like just walking to places that I normally wouldn't walk taking the stairs when I normally take the escalator um, things like that I had to completely switch it so now it's a case of like don't take the stairs I'm like going on the tube just take the escalator let it take you down uh, between sets don't walk around just like sit on your ass um, and I had things like chewing gum soda I was certainly addicted to both of these I can remember like I felt so bad if I didn't have like a Pepsi in the fridge or something along those lines. And it was like, if I had some in there, I'd get through like three and then I'd have chewing gum after every meal. And I think in a diet, this can help because it like stops you overeating and it can kind of give you a bit of satisfaction. But I'd end up putting like five pieces of gum in my mouth at some point just to like have the sensation of chewing. Whereas now I barely have chewing gum. Um, It's just things like that, that I didn't realize at the time were like just associated with dieting and staying leaner and I'd have massive salads like just loads of lettuce and I'd eat a whole kind of iceberg lettuce every day and I barely eat any vegetables now um, I'm even like fruit juice and well I'm, it's just completely gone the other way so liquid calories I'm having like a mass gainer right now which if you have oh, it's ridiculous the amount of calories it has in it and uh, it's yeah a lot of the habits that you get into during your prep I think 
it's just they transition they you kind of want to hold on to some of them especially during the end like as you're transitioning into a gaining phase but as you get more and more um, like fatigue free of dieting you probably want to transition a bit away from them and then when you come into a diet you transition back into them because yeah you don't really if i had someone who was like i'm at the peak of my off season and i'm going to start my contest prep in a few months and i'm like okay like how much chewing gum are you having how many diet sodas are you having how many kind of vegetables are you eating what's your fiber like what's your step count if it's like i'm walking twenty thousand steps a day i'm eating like five portions of well not five but a couple of portions of veg with every meal and i'm like their food volume is super high and their fibers are like 60 grams and like if they've got those sort of things where i'm like okay those are all like things you would use deep into a diet you're still using them now i, I don't think you're free of like diet fatigue and as soon as you start dieting it's just it's going to be such a hard process so yeah i think that's even why it takes a long time to recover from some of these diets i know in the literature it says like six months for a contest prep but i think some of these factors you don't even see like the psychology of dieting they come much much later um yeah yeah i guess i um i got found out now that i'm still in a <laughs> mildly dieted state that i <laughs> asked this question with the tone that i did and you're like well yeah, I did that, but uh, now I'm kind of the opposite because <laughs> I'm fully recovered. <laughs> I'm completely the other way. It's uh, every element that I can try and constrain calories, like sitting down in, when I'm working instead of standing. It's actually just got absurd that it's so hard. I even found myself in the gym today between sets. I was like, I couldn't sit still. I need like I was like, why am I walking around so much? It's just ridiculous. And I try and stop, and I'm like, I just feel uncomfortable stop stopping moving. It's actually really strange. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the lesson is, you know, that's kind of how you should feel, you know, you should feel energetic and you should have libido and you shouldn't feel the need to always come up with creative ways to reduce calorie intake and all of those things. And, you know, being a, even as lean as I am now, you know, for most people, that's a personal challenge. Uh, it, that's not a lifestyle for most people. You know, a lifestyle is actually feeling good and being a functional member of society. And you look great. I mean, you look like a lean, strong, muscular, athletic person. You're not shredded, but that's not what you're about at this point in time. You're just, you know, being productive and prioritizing other areas. And that's what I'll aim to do as well um, going forward. Uh, and I did this as a personal challenge and I went through all the hardships. It taught me a lot of valuable lessons, like I'm sure your contest preps have done so for you as well. Um, but I think it this discussion was useful for people just to know uh, what they could expect to happen and it definitely teaches you a lot of lessons about what you can push through and what you're actually capable of. And then later on, when you just want to get down to like a, a beach holiday or something like that, you just want to have a bit more definition to brag about. It's going to be a piece of cake compared to getting to these levels. So, um, yeah, Steve, this was a great discussion. And um, I want to thank you for uh, coming on and being as honest as you have been. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. And please just let people know where they can find you and anything cool that you have uh, coming up fantastic yeah thank you so much for having me on and um yeah i'm excited for the next time i'm, I'm excited and also daunting um thinking about the next time that i have to get anywhere near the level of leanness that you are right now but you're in a very good position for a very productive off season so Thanks, bro. um yeah you shouldn't have to diet for a long time um so yeah for for, for people that want to uh, check out any more from us uh, from revive stronger revivestronger.com has our podcast uh, has our article um, articles on there as well i'm revive stronger on instagram which is where i'm most active 
And I'd say if people want to get more involved with our community and kind of ask questions and things, we have a Facebook group on, yeah, a free Facebook group that people just need to answer some very simple questions, if which they don't answer, they will not be in because we have no idea if you're a good person to be in the group. So please do answer those questions or you'll just be rejected. Uh, but yeah, nothing, no big things happening. There will be some really cool seminars happening next year in London, which we're excited about probably around May, but nothing in kind of the immediate pipeline that I can talk about. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, Steve, thank you once again. It's uh, always a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, then please, once again, consider dropping a five-star rating on iTunes. It would mean a lot to me and it would be truly helpful. And if you're interested in more cool stuff, then you could visit my YouTube channel. If you type in sustainable self-development podcast there or even SSD podcast, it will come up. And if you're interested in working together with me, then you can check out the Calendly link in the show description. There you can book a free call with me. We can hop on that call, chat about your goals, challenges, determine if we are a good fit. And if that is the case, then we could be working together going forward to get you to the results that you want. So that's all I had to say for today. I hope you enjoyed this once again. And with that, see you next time.